0: Welcome back to Keeping Stock. I'm your host, Julian. And on this week's podcast, I decided to go a little bit different route and do something that I thought was very interesting and even more so once I completed the research for it. And that's the future connection of esports and the sneaker community. And the inspiration for this was the recent collaboration between Adidas and professional Content creator, streamer, former esports athlete, Ninja, and their collaboration selling out in a matter of minutes on Adidas.com recently. Before we hop into that, just want to remind you that Keeping Stock comes out on every Sunday, so make sure to subscribe if you want to stay updated to the latest content, interviews, and what's upcoming in sneaker culture. But with that being said, let's jump right into it. So, what are eSports? Some of you may be aware, some may not. It is still a subculture in its own that is growing rapidly in today's society. But eSports essentially are electronic sports in the form of sport competition, using video games in multiplayer competition settings as teams or individuals. So there's competitive leagues with professional eSports athletes for Call of Duty, League of Legends, CSGO, Overwatch, and NBA 2K. And these are legitimate leagues. They're streamed on Twitch or YouTube. They have slots on television like TNT. They bring in hundreds of thousands of live viewers at the venues, counting millions of unique streams online. And it's continued to rapidly grow as more and more major platforms are picking it up. I mean, when you look at NBA 2K, that is an NBA-sanctioned eSports league ran by the NBA, owned by owners and investors in actual NBA teams. So there is a phenomenal about amount of value in these eSports programs. And it's we're starting to see this wave of the sneaker culture or fashion culture starting to overlap with eSports as these eSports athletes are Athletes, they're influencers, they hold some regards or some role models and can push product or a way of advertising product. And the thing about esports, it's not just local to America, it's huge in the Asian Pacific markets. And so, overall, esports are projected to surpass $1.6 billion by 2023. And some things you may want to know on the background of esports is that MJ, Michael Jordan, head of Jordan brand, Jumpman, one of the greatest of all time, has invested and owns part of Team Liquid. Mark Cuban's invested in esports teams. Former Laker great Rick Fox has invested in esports teams. Drake has gone in on a team called Hundred Thieves. So now we're seeing former athletes, musicians, all investing in this growing culture that. Is continuing to expand and create revenue sources. And if we want to compare that 1.6 billion dollar evaluation, think of the NHL in 2017-2018. Roughly, their revenues and valuation was around four billion. Yes, one billion to four billion is a phenomenal jump. But for something growing in this video game-related culture to rival a national, historic, long-standing league is a telling sign. I mean, when you look at sneaker culture in the esports community, there's a lot of similarities. May not be directly in sneakers or in video games, but you can argue in some regards that they're what some people say are quote-unquote nerd culture, right? You're really into sneakers. I mean, if you know about six to seven models in depth, in detail, who wears them, price points, that's much more than the average person, which can be related to being nerdy. Or the same with video games, understanding all the strategies, cheat codes map layouts, etc. can be related to as nerdy. But once we go back into esports, right, you're starting to see this huge push in on gaming companies, endemic companies. And they have invested, these endemic companies, have invested around $5 billion into the future of esports. And what drives this is obviously the sponsorships, the events, the advertisement, etc. And the goal is solidifying these long-term deals and sponsors, because essentially, right, the longer something is in as a sponsor, the more authentic it seems. And you can compare that to sneaker culture when you look, in instance, at the NBA, right? When you get a new brand that comes in, like some of these international brands such as Anta, Peak, Leaning, when they break into the market, it doesn't seem as authentic because they haven't been there like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Puma, and Converse in some regards. And so the longer you can... Be in the marketplace the more true it seems and i think that's why we're seeing this shift and adidas making this first move into this culture in terms of a signature quote-unquote sneaker for ninja even though it is just a player edition colorway of a night jogger and i mean yes there are tons of personalities in esports athletes out there i mean the opportunity for advertisement and influence for sneaker brands in the esports community itself, look at Twitch, the number one video game streaming platform. On average, users view about seven hours a month of direct contact of the streamer because these streamers are streaming eight to 12 hours a day. When you think about how often you get to see LeBron James, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Judge, etc., all these large athletes, It's not eight to 12 hours a day, and there's no personal interaction. So when you get an esports athlete who is also streaming, maybe some of their practices, or just having fun, or just a content creator for video games, you're having constant interaction. I mean, if you get to see that streamer wearing nine to 10, for nine to 10 hours, your product, or share their product with their viewers, you see a lot higher conversion rate, or if you aren't sure what a conversion is, an actual drive to a sale or a lead or a lifetime customer, and however you want to value that conversion. But Switch, essentially, when you look at their numbers, their streamers drive 46% of sales for video games. That's massive. And that's almost free promotion to an extent. Obviously, some of them get paid to play certain games, but the more you watch something, the more convinced that you'll have a good time to or be influenced. And so when we also look at the more competitive side of the esports athletes, you have to look at that audience. I mean, League of Legends in the 2018 World Championships brought in 100 million unique viewers in, the, in that 2018 championship which is very close to what the, I believe, 2016 Super Bowl saw for viewers. Granted, that's just an American, American football, but that's showing you the global audience. So you can imagine if this esports team or individual walks onto stage wearing Jordan 34s or a, you know, the Adidas Harden, or Ultra Boost, or any sneaker in general. Maybe it's more custom to their actions. That is what's going to drive those kids or those viewers or that audience to be influenced by that product. And that's what sneaker companies are trying to do. That's why you see sneakers placed on so many celebrities. I mean, hell, look at PJ Tucker, right? Phenomenal world-class athlete. You can't argue that. If you're in the NBA and you've been there for more than three years, you're extremely world-class. You've made your spot. He essentially gets this deal with Nike, one, being a crazy athlete, but what he's done for social media to highlight these models of Nike sneakers, hyped, not hyped, league fits, shout out to Slam, and everything he does to bring that hype to people looking for those sneakers or bringing awareness to that brand. It's the same thing going for eSports. You walk in on front of 100 million people watching, you're going to influence 1% of that is a massive number to do so. And with that, 57% of that viewership is in the Asia Pacific, followed by North America and Europe. But it's also skyrocketing in Latin America. It's a truly universal audience. Because yes, you look at the NBA and say it's universal, but the numbers are more in favor of the states and they're trying to expand overseas esports already has an international audience as you can see and dominating dominating up-and-coming countries and so brands have started to see that nike has sponsored the chinese professional league of legends league that's 16 teams sponsored by nike outfitted in nike jerseys with the nike swoosh sweatpants shoes, complete uniform. And so if it's not shoes, just shoes, kids who want to wear that esports uniform, very similar to how you'd wear an NBA jersey, an MLB jersey, an MLB hat, right? Majority of people who wear MLB hats may not watch, may not have watched baseball in the past five years or ever or rooted for that team, but they still like the design. They still like the hat. Same could be said for eSports down the road. And so Nike gets in front of this Chinese market in one of the biggest eSports games and communities out there. Further, Adidas has also sponsored a few teams in Europe and is looking to expand. That's also pushed Foot Locker and the Champion brand to work on special products with eSports teams to come to retail. So you can see that market is there for sneakers to intersect. And that's why Adidas has jumped on with Ninja, right? Ninja's at the top of the chain in terms of global influence and the perfect place you want to start. Because you can start with a more niche or niche, however you want to say it, esports athlete and see how the results go. But why not test the market with a guy that people who don't even know about esports culture have heard of because he streamed with Drake or Ninja or Travis Scott. He streamed with other NFL athlete Juju Smith-Schuster, who also streams and plays video games online in the off season. And we've seen it with many other players like Gordon Hayward, who is doing promos with computer brand Razer. And so you can see this culmination happening. But what further solidifies what's going on is when you look at even high-end luxury designer brands are jumping into the mix. Louis Vuitton outfitted League of Legends world. They made special edition apparel for the players, they made virtual apparel in the game, and they made the trophy carrying case, which they also do for FIFA. And so that's the other potential there, is Louis Vuitton was in the real world and the video game, very similar to how Foot has jumped into NBA 2K and brands have, so you can wear and release special sneakers in-game, like the alternate Kobe 5, Chaos, or Joker. That's just the tip of the iceberg, because when you look at how sneakers have changed from athletes in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, now we're in this kind of celebrity push, where you see Travis Scott, Drake, Beyonce, and many more working on these sneakers. Even DJ Khaled, right, worked on a sneaker because the virality that he brought to the table. And you see this push. Why can't it be eSports athletes who are more true in terms of athletes than the musician collaborations in some regards? So you venture to these athletes and you give them the opportunity to work on a sneaker or a colorway, or a PE. I'm sure that the audience will love that. Because when I was doing this, I originally thought this whole audience has to be sub-21 young teenagers and kids who have the time to watch his events. But the stats show that 40% of viewers are in between the age of 25 and 39. So these are parents, um, progressing adults, Working class citizens who then are influenced and potentially their children down the line. It's becoming larger and larger and tying into the family. So, with that being said, why can't esports athletes get sneakers? Yes, I'm going to agree with the consensus of the internet that what Adidas and Ninja did wasn't a beautiful sneaker, it wasn't my choice that feel like they didn't give him a whole lot of creative control, just gave him a night jogger, put his logo on it, but it's still sold. And that's how you test the water. You get too aggressive or too wild, and it doesn't work out. Maybe this doesn't work out for you as a brand in the long term. And so maybe now seeing this success, we'll see more and more jump on. And there's so many contact points with these streamers like Ninja. I mean, Ninja has 15 million followers on Instagram. You have other eSport athlete Tfue, who has $6 million. We see Nadeshot, owner of 100 Thieves, which is invested by Drake, as I said earlier, former professional Call of Duty eSport athlete, X Games gold medalist, has almost 2 million followers. Shroud, 1.5 million followers. Dr. Lupo, 4.5 million followers. And yes, you may never, may have never heard of some of those names, but those are serious numbers that can have serious pull because like I said, with video games having such a high conversion rate, they've built a very, very authentic and engaged audience which is very hard to find if you understand how marketing has progressed and how some people have faked their numbers. So this is a very engaged audience so engaged that when you look at Instagram, the average engagement on someone's profile or photo is about 1% to 3.5%. These streamers I just mentioned average about 7% engagement, which is ridiculously high because you have to think if that, say that 7%, half of that is actually converting, right? 3.5%, the high end of average is actually converting, which is a very high number. Say that's seen a hundred thousand times. You're getting thirty-five hundred sales out of that, which is a great sell-through or a great amount of product to be pushed. And they're seeing numbers much, much higher than that. And so the opportunity in the market is there, and people are trying that out. You know, Puma has tried to Puma tried to make a hundred-dollar sock that adapts to gaming modes. Didn't necessarily work out but it's a step to try something out. K-Swiss tried to make a sneaker as well. Did it catch on? Not entirely, but they're working on it. So when you look at this as a whole, I think what we're seeing with esports right now is very, very similar to the early 2000s skating subculture. Because when you look at skating in the early 2000s, it was one of those things that was growing. They're working on their Pro Circuit Pro scene, a lot of it was there. You're watching their tapes and their footage, and you're buying the VHSs from Thrasher or from their brands. And they're going on tours, and that's how you knew. But it was a very small snub subculture, and then slowly and slowly grew and blew up. Because I'm sure, if you're around in the 2000s, there are some skaters that you'd never heard of that were working on projects. And now today, we see soon skateboarder Paul Rodriguez is getting his own or another dunk that he's done with Nike skateboarding. And so it's that that has the potential for esports. I mean, let me know what you guys think about the growth of esports and what it could mean for sneaker culture, because I'm on board, right? I played tons of video games as a kid. I mean, bring back the NBA Street Saga. That was epic. Nelly and the Lunatics, old school Jordan, fictional players like stretch bonafide off the heezy doing game breakers and all this crazy stuff and street you're doing all that madness and i loved playing video games and now seeing video games get to this popularity it is a skill-based sport because not everyone can be a professional esports athlete and so it is a select group and they are very talented what they do and they put in the hours and i can't knock that anything that you put in the hours to and can create a living off of, I can't knock it. Even if it may not be my style, there's nothing wrong with it. So, can esports enter the sneaker field? Can we see signature sneakers or an esports line from Nike or Under Armour or Adidas down the road? I think so. As always, let me know your thoughts, guys, on what you think this can mean for sneaker culture in the long run, or what you'd like to see. Or maybe you disagree with me. Let me know. My social is in the link below, Twitter, Instagram. i also link some of the articles I used for this research so you can see some of these massive numbers. And with that being said, thanks for listening. I'm about to go into some of the cool content for this upcoming week and sneaker releases as well. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at Keeping Stock and Twitter at Keeping underscore Stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the Keeping Stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. Here we are. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment on esports and sneakers. And to pivot here, we're going to go to another route. This is what I think is some of the coolest content that we've seen in a while, or I've seen in a while, is that Beyonce's Ivy Park collection is going to be releasing with Adidas on the 18th. And why I think this is cool content, because I think Beyonce has crafted an audience um, and standards for her brands that bring a certain amount of energy that has unseen to the table. But further, I think it's just great to see this rise in female creators and creators in general and artists and influencers musicians have their voice be heard through their product. And I hope it's something that continues on. But what it looks like from Adidas and Beyonce and Ivy Park is going to be killer. I mean, they're going to do four sneakers, and I'm sure there's going to be clothing and apparel that come along as well. And I think why not? I think it's something that has been done tastefully, and I will be interested to see how it grows, but Adidas has been killing it with their selection of influencers and celebrities and musicians as of recently, and so I'm very excited to see how this pans out and how it affects sneaker culture in general. Do we start seeing more female artists get or try to put their foot in the game? Do we see more female-led projects? I mean, Jordan Brand just announced their first female capsule collection with Teyana Taylor. And from my point of view, I've felt that females have been underrepresented in sneaker culture for way too long at this point. I mean, it's 2020, sneaker culture has been around for 30 almost 40 years. And now we're starting to see the push for women in sneakers. I think it's something that needs to continue to grow because I think overall, it's good for the community. Opens conversation, allows new ideas to come in. And I mean, when you look at what they did with Sakai or what Sakai did and became a sneaker of the year, it's phenomenal. Overall, you can see the more fan viewpoints backstories histories that you bring to sneakers the better the product and the better the community gets so that's why i think this beyonce capsule is groovy and so now with the cool content and you know my announcement of beyonce's project we're just going to get into the upcoming sneakers and these upcoming sneakers are going to be from the 12th of january to the 18th of January, so the Sunday from when the podcast released, to next Saturday at this point, the 18th. We see a Reebok Shacknosis in the original colorway. I didn't hear a whole lot of hype for those. We see a Nike Air Hurachi and a Air Max 1 in the DNA pack. We see the Chinese New Year Kyrie 6, which they've been flooding with colors of the Kyrie 6. And I don't think it's performed as well as it has in the past. It's a great model. but I don't think it's necessarily warranting the insane amount of colors coming through. And maybe we need to pump the brakes a little bit on a variety of colorways. On the 15th, we see the Air Max 90 Chinese New Year along with that DNA series pack of the Hirachi and the Air Max 1. And so it looks like that pack may be about $250 between the DNA, Hirachi, and Air Max 1. Um, and if they release really separately, not 100% sure, that Kyrie on the 15th, Chinese New Year is going to be about $140 as well. We have a Kenzo, Minami, Reebok Insta Pump Fury. That's this kind of odd black and white pattern. Um not for me but it's $200 coming out on the 15th if you're interested in the Reebok Instapump Fury. We have the Nike Air Terra Antarctic for 225 on the 16th. This is kind of a high top uh gore Tech made with Gore-Tex all black sneaker. I guess it's cool if you're going out on expeditions or you're super into the tech streetwear style. I could see this doing all right maybe in another colorway then all black and midnight turquoise. We also see the Nike Terra Zahara, which comes in rush pink, racer blue, kind of a mid with the sock-like upper. um, Kind of looks like a Pegasus sole on it. ACG Nike model. We're going to see a Nike Kyrie 6 in what looks to be the black and red colorway or bread. So it's going to be black with red on that heel tab, black strap. So once again, as I was talking about Kyrie, that's two in the same week, um, which is just to me, seems like a, a lot. We see an Air Max 270 React um, ENG for about $160. Um, and it's kind of a wild laser blue, white anthracite um, colorway. And apparently Travis Scott's coming out with a 270 at some point. I don't know if that one's, they might be doing once again, a little too much or throwing Travis's names on too many things because it seems to be kind of getting watered down. We have another 270 React. This one's an eggplant white and Magic Flamingo. I don't know who made that color, Magic Flamingo, but it's pink if you're wondering, and that's $170. We get another Air Max 270 React ENG that's black and sapphire. This is a cool, cool silhouette. The Adidas Stan Smith Recon. I mean, a Stan Smith is a staple sneaker to own. If you have the opportunity to, a lot of great, simple, minimal colorways. Um, great for, you know, a business casual night out. Great for just regular day to day use as well. That's going to be $120 and comes in strictly off white. Then we see the Nike PG4 in the Gatorade. And I'm trying to get an interview with the designer of the PG four and just learn about that insight. Um, the thing that interests me the most about the Paul George four is the zipper because he was seen playing and it wasn't zipped up. I haven't seen a whole lot of videos of people wearing it zipped up and apparently it runs a little bit tight and there may be a reason for that. Um, but that comes out for $120, which is great to see Paul George continue to put out an affordable model, um, for four models here. So I'm happy to see that. We get the Adidas Dame 6 once again. Big Dame fan being in the Pacific Northwest. Kind of tough being a Dame fan and a Thunder fan at the same time. But uh the Dame 6 for $110, he's kept it real affordable since the jump, which is also great to see. You know, he may not be using the top-line materials like the Boost or the Adiprene, but You know, he's making it affordable based on his roots. Um, You know, it's not 100% Scream Dame to me, and the colorways haven't been grand, but you can't complain for a $110 high-performance basketball shoe. And that comes in, looks like the full line is going to be black. We get a blue and white. We get a yellow and an orange. And then the big release on the 18th, Beyonce, Ivy Park, and Adidas. And so you get this Samba, with the gum outsole, the white upper black stripes, um, what looks to be a little bit of suede on the toe for the Samba. My favorite personally is this night jogger. I haven't been a fan of the night joggers and there's some colorways that I've tried and tried to get behind, I just haven't pulled the trigger. But I think what really does it for me on these is the lacing system here. Um, it's pretty unique, but this is kind of in that um, off-white, gray, serang, orange. Um, if you haven't seen the lacing system, it's kind of like one of those all-poles, Then it's got a lace lock on it. We see an Ultra Boost in maroon, maroon, and solar orange. And then we see another Night Jocker with maroon on the toe, solar orange on the heel. And that's the upcoming releases for the week of January 12th through 18th. Let me know what you're going to buy. Or try to cop, or what you thought was trash. Um, let me know what you thought of the episode. If you liked what you heard, keeping Sock comes out every Sunday, hosted by, hosted and produced, producing, produced by me, Julian. Uh, go ahead and leave a rating if you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you guys next week.